0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. The title of this sermon is, But God. Here is the first half of this two-part study but god that's simply our title what a great great two words in the bible whenever you see the words but god you know something awesome is fixing to be said uh we'll look at it in three parts heavenly intercession in verses four through five a heavenly testimony in verse six and a heavenly design In verse 7 so again as we get into the book of Ephesians as Paul writes to the church of Ephesus But as we as we look at what the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus um, He's writing to believers. He's writing to those that are following Jesus Christ and I remember I told y'all that the first uh, The first three uh, chapters are going to deal with our position in Christ We need to sit and receive and then as we get into um uh, chapter 4, we'll look at what it means to walk in, uh, with Christ and our life and walking with Christ in this world. And then uh, finally, we'll stand in verse 6 and as we look at our attitude towards the enemy as we have to uh, come against the enemy, but we do that with Christ. And so, um, great, great piece of scripture that we were in last week. We kind of dealt with sin and how we were spiritually dead. And we talked about the trespasses and sins and we talked about how our sin separates us from God We can never have true fellowship with God because of our sin because God is holy And and so we can have religious activity So how many of you grew up with religious activity but you had no relationship with God? Right. Um, we can have spirituality. That's the new key word that you're here today, over and over, as we talk about progressive Christianity and New Ageism and Gnosticism. They use the word. Well, I'm spiritual. No, it's it's traditions. It's it's you're trying to get to God in your own way, and there's only one way. And and so when we're the thing we learned last week is when we're we're when we're not with God there's no middle road there's no on the fence if you're on the fence you're with the devil and I know that's harsh and I know that's hard to hear but there's no middle road you're either for God or you're an enemy of God and that's it's in scripture as as we look at that um, because it says you follow the course of the world you follow the prince and the power of the air which is Satan that's what we were we were children of wrath we were sons of disobedience and so, one of the things we need to understand is as we look at uh, that, th- those verses, we're going into such a beautiful piece of scripture, but I, w- I want to read this to you out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, "...in the flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction." From the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, you were children of wrath waiting for the day of judgment. So if you choose not to follow God, you're waiting for the day of judgment. You're a child of wrath. Now, you can claim to know God because a lot of people do. I know God. I know Jesus. But do you have a relationship with him? Have you confessed your sins to him? Have you asked him to be the Savior? of your heart and your life do you understand what he did on the cross for you and it's like these are all things that we have to look at and, and I love this because what Paul is going to do is Paul is going to move from and very important as we, as we change the position here because all he's doing is giving contrast and, and that's what we're receiving so contrast is, is simply uh, easy to remember a hurricane uh, what is the contrast you see the before pictures before the hurricane and then you see what the after pictures and you go what happened where was that house is gone it's the contrast of the two and that's what Paul has given us and so he he's also going to show us in the scriptures as we move forward all the way uh, we're going to get all the way to verse 7 but next week we'll be in verse 10 but he's also going to let you know that you can't earn your way to heaven it doesn't matter how much religious activity you do doesn't matter how many, how many good things that you do, because there are a lot of bad people who do good things in the world. But they're still bad people, because there are none good, none not one. There are none good, none of us. And so let's look at our first point as we get into another one of Paul's wonderful run-on sentences. Uh, in, in verses 4 through 5, heavenly intercession. Heavenly intercession. I wish I would have known this back in high school, because I would have said, well, Paul did it who's Paul the Apostle Paul did it in the Bible he had a lot of run-on sentences in the book of Ephesians right but God I love that but God so there's your contrast you were dead you were spiritually dead but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved we contrast the 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 state of man and the mercy of God. And now we're getting to the main thought of the writer here. And 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 who is rich? And and the word rich in, in the Greek just simply means abundant, abundantly supplied. He he who is rich? He's abundantly supplied in what? In mercy. In compassion. And and so we need to remember out, out of what paul is saying he is rich in mercy he has he loves the sinner but he doesn't love the sin he wants a relationship with you but you got to deal with your sin he's holy and and so it is it, it, such a contrast but he's like why why ha, why does he love you because he's rich in mercy he has mercy he has compassion on you when you were dead in your sins when you were dead in your trespasses and what kind of love is he is he talking about here? He's talking about it like in Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. The word mercy actually means the kindness or uh, good, uh, meaning the mercy is kindness or good will. Uh, goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted joined with the desire to help them. So it's. You have mercy and kindness and goodwill, and you're trying to help the miserable and those that are afflicted. And this is what Christ is asking for us, to show mercy. How many people do you know that are miserable right now, that are afflicted? And God's saying, I need you to show mercy to them. That's hard. That's not easy to do. Especially when you keep getting... It's like I, the term you hear all the time, hug a cactus. It's hard to hug a cactus. You can only do it for so long. But, you, you, you know, we have to show mercy. But we have to give truth as well. Can't forget that. Because we're even going to know as we look at grace and truth, you're going to learn that today. But uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17 says, They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that, that you did among them. But they hardened their necks... And in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. As, as they were looking over the history of Israel, you see that God was, is the same today, yesterday, and forever, that he's merciful, that he's slow to anger. Why hasn't he dealt with you? Because he's slow to anger. He's wanting you to come to him. He's wanting you to repent. See, justice is getting what we deserve, so mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Luke chapter 18, verse 13 says, And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. It's a beautiful verse because before that, the Pharisees were there pontificating in prayer. Least I'm not like this tax collector. And I love that because God is, is, is merciful to me. Be merciful to me, a sinner. That's, there's humility in what the tax collector is saying. And that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to reflect God's character. And we need to be gracious and compassionate. But he says, because of his great love with which he loved us. You know, I think one of the, the biggest things, if you ever think that that God doesn't love you you, you you may not understand the attributes of God that's why when we, when, we spent, when we were in Genesis we spent that first little bit of time going over the attributes of God it was very important that we did that because you need to understand his attributes and so when we look at the character of God and, and we take it with the word of God what we see is that we have a God that, that loves us very much We have a God, God's love that's eternal in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. It says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. We have a God who's sacrificial in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While you're in your sin, Christ died for us. doesn't matter how much you rebel against God. He died for you. He loved us. He still went to the cross for us. God's love is unconditional. In Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's freedom in that. There's freedom in understanding that, that, that Christ died so we could have righteousness, that we're covered by the blood of Christ, that, that his spirit takes residence in us when we come to faith. that you're in the pursuit of righteousness and the pursuit of holiness understanding there's grace for the journey you're going to need it we're going to all need it and that same grace that somebody gives to you you're going to have to extend to somebody else at some point just as god extends it to you we are free from the fear because christ intercedes for us we cannot be separated from his love god's love is personal in John 15, 9, it says, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. And God's love is powerful. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And We simply think about 1 John 4, verse 19. It says, We love him because he first loved us think about that just for the second for a second i know there was a time in my life when i didn't love me i couldn't look at myself in the mirror because i knew me and yet god loved me and yet god was still extending and i when i the beauty of when you come to faith is you can look back like god shows you uh remember this time i was trying to get you here uh remember this time when this happened i showed mercy here and it's amazing when you look back at it, when you come to faith and you go, man, like God was trying to get us up here and you know, he was moving here and trying, and we were, I was hard-headed, I was a knucklehead, and yet he loved us. And, and so it, it, it's to remember like, like he loves you and that's part of his attribute is his love and his kindness and his grace and his mercy. We need to remember that. In verse 5, it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, the word there means in the dead, the dead you are, you're a corpse. You're dead. You're spiritually dead. You, you, there, there is, you're unable to, to obtain life or have power on your own without Christ. And, and you know, it, it's, it's a reminder, you, again, when we look at the, the, we'll look at this in a couple of weeks in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, It says, having this understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work uh, all uncleanliness with greediness. And so they're darkened and, and, and they've been blinded. The enemy has them that way. The enemy had us that way before. We were children of wrath. We were sons of disobedience. We were blinded. And then God's love starts showing through and the light starts coming in and you start asking questions like, is Jesus real? What is this whole thing? Does Jesus really love me? And he does. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. God loved us when we were dead in our sins. His love is, is, it doesn't depend on, upon what you do. Or what you are or you go in like even as you're with Christ you think well if I do this God won't love me I don't know what kind of God you're serving yeah if you're in sin God's not gonna be happy about the sin but his love does not change it doesn't it's not predicated on anything that you do you would love to have that much power wouldn't you but that's not who you are anymore you're a new creation in Christ it, it, it's a reminder that it's not predicated on anything that we do. He loved us when we were dead in, in sin. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In John chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, it says, John bore witness to, of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He, he who comes after me, is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness we all have received in grace for grace, for the law, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I love that because it's a reminder to you that it's always truth. Everything that we, we, we have, the word of God is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to get to the Father except through me. There's no other roads that lead to heaven. And I love that because it, it, as much grace as you want, there has to be truth. There has to be a balance of that. Because some people can be all grace and that can, man, that can end. That's like, what was I saying. That's all cotton candy. There has to be a balance of truth and a balance of grace. and 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 so that's you know again we you can't you can't eat sweets all the time in Philippians chapter 3 verse 9 it says and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness from which is from God by faith so we need to remember it's by faith in Titus chapter 2 verse 11 it says for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men So there's no excuse that God's grace has not appeared to all men. It's either through creation, it's through the Word. Like, even civilizations that have never heard the Bible or heard the name of Jesus, they can see creation and know that there's a God. He's like, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Not some men, all. You have to make a decision on what you're going to do with it. and 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 the beauty of that is is that nobody is beyond god's rescue no matter how bad that person is in society god can reach them and and, you know i'll give you one two of them right off the bat the son of sam came to faith he came to faith jeffrey dahmer came to faith and you go wait a minute that dude ate people he came to faith now, there are consequences for your sins here in this world. You, if you sow into something, you're going to reap the consequences of it. Now, you're forgiven instantaneously when you confess your sin and ask Christ into your heart. The reality of it is, though, is like God, God's grace is, it can rescue anybody. You have to be aware of that because there are people in your life right now, you're going, there's no way. There's no way that person would ever, ever, ever ever right be, be willing to to follow Christ and I can tell you one of them is Teresa's mom we were like oh no we were were we new to faith how, how we were a couple years then and we just were like man I don't I don't ever see this happening she grew up Catholic God bless her I mean that's what she grew up in and um, Mary in the yard and all that stuff um all that wonderful stuff and we just kept praying and we we both and this is where you need to be careful to think that nobody's beyond the saving that god can't save because something happened in her life she had some high, i mean she went through a period after um after lewis passed away or was lewis lewis had passed away her husband and um she started having some anxiety she called Pastor Joe, unspeak notes to me and Teresa. And Joe went over to the house. She ends up giving her life to Christ. And so you need to be careful whenever you think somebody's beyond beyond reach. As Christians, as followers of Christ, you need to be very careful with that. Because when I read this, I go, all men, right? And I go, Well, that's everybody. All is everybody. That I means everybody. Anybody. Right? we need to remember that so when we see you know our, our nation going the way all men all women all men and women in the congress all men and women in the senate start praying for that all men and women in the irs and all these other places that we've the fbi and the cia make a great awakening at satan con in boston man let people go out and start preaching the gospel start praying over the building praying over the city we we have to we have to understand like we have a, a purpose to serve god and pray for people that need faith and we need to show grace and love and mercy it just as you know we're reading here we need to have that because you know you needed it too because i was a child of wrath i don't know about you i was a son of disobedience and there were people that thought man there's no way that that person would ever come to faith about me so this is our second point, heavenly testimony in verse 6. And it says, and raised up together and made us together in the heavenly places and in Christ. And there's our, our, our in Christ. Remember I told you at the very beginning when we started the book of Ephesians, you're going to see that word in Christ a lot. And I think it's listed in this, these verses in, in, in 4 through 7, Is in Christ appears twice. Um, But raised up together and that always reminds me of Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 2 It says if then you were raised with Christ Seek those things which are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God Set your mind on things above not on the things on earth So as we're raised up we're, we're, we're made and made us sit together in heavenly places The beauty of that is is like when we look at this, is we're reminded that that Jesus was raised up and and went to heaven, right? He ascended to heaven. In Mark 16, 19 it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, He who is he who condemns, it is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercessions for us. And then finally in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 12 through 14 it says but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool for by offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And so we are we see that that Christ was raised up and seated at the right hand of God and, and and it Colossians tells us if you were raised with Christ you are to seek those things that are above and and because that's where Christ is seated at the right hand set your mind on things that are above unfortunately what happens is we can put our minds too much on the things of this world you need to have your mind set on the dwelling place of God it doesn't mean that you're floating in the clouds and you're forgetting about everything that's happening in the world. It means that you're you're like Lord, what is your will for me today? I'm setting my, my, my heart, my mind Lord on you. That's how I start my day. That's how I should start my day, right? Maybe you're in the middle of your day and you are going, man, this has been a awful day. Set your mind on things that are above. Have you done that? You can stop because you, got, you, got, you have Christ who's interceding for you. And if he doesn't hear from you, he's warning. That's why we call it a relationship. You pray. Lord, I, need to, I just need you to hear me. I'm, I'm having a day. I didn't set my mind on things this morning. Forgive me for that.